0: Hello, well, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I'm currently working at a full on mental hospital. It is it's not a state hospital. It's a private for profit step down from a mental hospital. <clears throat> and and runs like a, you know, a, a mental hospital. <laughs> all the people that I am working with, I, I, don't know, I don't know that I ever would have people who were involuntarily hold, held there. I, I don't think that we would. That's a question that I probably should ask someone, but all of the people that are there currently are involuntarily held the the court has decided that for their well-being and the well-being of other people they need to be held in our facility to undergo treatment they're they're forced to undergo treatment with us i work in the part of the hospital that is longer term uh there's two different wings and the other wing is for people who it's a shorter term, but for, I mean, it's more acute. They they come in and, and you know, try to get their meds um, worked out. And then a good portion of the time they are released to somewhere. Um, but then there's, if a person needs a little bit more time, or not even a little bit, um, months more time, then they come over to my part of the hospital. And so I'm seeing some trends, um, especially like right now I have I have two, I don't know what to call them. Uh, I don't know that I call them patients. I mean, because they're kind of a patient, right? Uh, or clients. I mean, they're not it's like members like they didn't sign up like i I don't know what to call these people. <laughs> Maybe I need to look through um through and see what other people are calling them. um I usually call them by their name or client um because I haven't found a proper term <laughs> for them not using their name but but I have two. Of them that are, for lack of a better term, they're 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 like antsy. You know that word antsy. Um, they're they're not doing well with their patience, as in patience and, and 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 allowing themselves to just take this time to just get better and and it's it's been a bit of a balancing act because I'm aware one of the things I'm thinking about is you know this this thought that this is a horrible place that we just I just got to get out of here so that I can just go do what I want to do it's it's just this horrible place to be you know um and I just got to get the hell out of here so I can go do what I want to do. And I'm, I'm sitting there very aware. What are you going to be doing when you get out of here? Like, what is it that you're going to fill your time with so that you don't go back to drugs and homelessness? And, and and I mean this in a really weird, real way, not even, I mean, this, this whole idea of just filling up the day with activities so that they don't get bored, these people don't get bored. And, it, and it's not that I'm like saying, suggesting that we shouldn't be doing anything, but it's like not being comfortable at all in our skin to be able to self-soothe ever, ever. Like, like it's, it's there, these people have so much trauma and, and I'm going to refer to one in particular because I, I feel like i I've seen some glimmers of hope with this person in my eyes that this person might be able to have real change in his life and so and so i've been I've been working a little bit more with him, you know um just trying to talk to him about things that I believe would change his life and and he's behaving. Very similarly to women that I worked with, who, who had been in domestic violent relationships, it was, I just see this similar phenomena. So it's like you just, you just switch, switch the the reason why switch the traumas, and, and, and they're just behaving very similarly, you know, or or addiction, addiction to anything. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm laughing, because I've noticed something with myself. Like, I like to think of myself as, you know, this, um, that I'm quote unquote addiction free and that's just a full on lie. That's a lie. I I I'm not addiction free. I have my own proclivities. <laughs> I notice myself, you know, when I'm having a stressful moment at work, there's just candy everywhere. There's candy all over this the building. And you can tell where I'm at in my own addiction, in my own desire to self-soothe but the amount of candy wrappers that are in my, my trash can. So I'm turning to sugar. This is like a, a thing from, that I've done since I can remember. <clears throat> and I, I just have to say, it's not a massive amount of sugar, but I mean, I'm, I'm not like eating 50 gazillion pieces of candy, but I mean, I'm just saying that I am turning to starburst to help me <laughs> with my stress so i understand to some degree what what, what is happening for them so they're they're you know they're having this moment they're they're sitting there you know bored quote unquote bored there's nothing for me to do you know, um, and there are, there's, there's quite a bit for them to do actually. I mean, there's drawing, there's reading, there's, there's TV, there's, um, walking, there's going outside, there's, um, they can talk on the phone for a period of time. There's, um, going to groups because we, we offer groups like, like throughout the day. I mean, there's, there's stuff to do, you know, and then I feel like if I, if I'm, if I'm making light of the fact that they are held involuntarily, so they don't want to be here, I mean, I'm making light of that fact, but, and and I can't imagine, I mean, I really can't, I, I can't imagine, but <laughs> I also, but There's 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 an opportunity here. Like you don't have to worry about very much here. Like like they spoon feed you, you get food all day long and snacks. You get a shower, you get a bed with a with a window to beautiful courtyards and trees. Um you get your own room that you can shut the door. You get the safety of that people are looking out for you and so nobody else is going to bother you because there's people all the time. They're never left alone, ever. And so, and so uh, but I don't dare say this because I don't want to be insulting um, I don't want to insult them, but it is kind of like, okay, you have this opportunity because you have people here, you know, me who care about you, me and, and other workers, but I'm just going to talk for myself. You have this opportunity to be guided and to be, have somebody to support you in actually changing your life. So what's happening with him is he's, he's really, I mean, and, 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 and he's not able to really identify it. Every time I try to ask him, where is it in your body? What is it that you're feeling? He's just like, I just got to get stuff done. I got to get stuff done. He keeps saying this, just got to get it done. And, and, you know, and so we started, I started, you know, one of the things I do, we roll a list, I said, here's a piece of paper, you can add to this list, you can check things off, when we do things for him, I write notes, while I'm doing things for him, um, so that he can have a visual of what is actually happening, and he can go back to it, um, And, but every time I talk to him, he, you know, so I start to talk to him about, because it, it it seems apparent to me that the issue is the anxiety, the angst, the, this feeling of being unsettled is the problem it's the problem and you could say it's it's you know a byproduct of coming off of drugs that's one thing it's a it's a byproduct of not knowing how to self soothe it's um it's but it's the angst of the anxiety and the anxiety that i'm and i'm trying to give him tools to deal with the anxiety itself and so and so he and so we we're talking I've been tra- asking him to to try these things and as soon as as I as I I even mention that it's the anxiety he just goes straight to the thing that he believes is going to lessen the anxiety. And it does for a minute. So for a minute, he feels better after he gets this thing done. Okay. Now I feel better. Good. You know, and even, even, you know, I'm thinking about it even from my standpoint. Okay. Now he feels better. Okay. All is well with the world until the next time the This- anxiety comes up in him, and he he's been really vocal i don 't believe this person would ever hurt me i don't i mean even though he at times gets loud and animated and and you know he's not pounding his 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 hands on the table, but he wants to he really wants to hurt something he wants to throw something, he wants to pound, he wants to, you know, and, and he's vocal with me about that, he said, I just want to throw this, this." this he had a plate of food in front of him, against the wall, which, I, which must have been a, a thing that he used in the past, you know, um, is, is a full-on, as we will call it, a two-year-old tantrum. Because he feels voiceless, he feels ineffective in this world. Nobody's listening to him. And and I'm and I, I while I I truly don't understand, because I have not experienced exactly what he's experiencing. I also understand this is This is a human condition of not feeling validated, not feeling understood, not knowing what to do, not having a a necessarily a parent who was who was looking out for my cues and bids for attention before I can even remember and so so. I'm sitting there and then trying to figure out how to get this person just through this so that they could actually have a different life. <clears throat> and so this is where I have my work cut out for me. <laughs> so what do I what do I believe? That this person needs to do to have a better life, what do I think would actually change this? One of the things I think is is and i and i 've explained this to him, but he 's not ready to hear it I guess is that he has to do something different in order to have a different outcome. He has to do something different he can 't just continue to do what he's doing and have things be different. And I noticed from the first time that I met him that he is really at a precipice of change. It seems like he really does not want to go back to drugs and homelessness. He does not want to go back to that life. However... I don't know that he is yet committed to doing what is required for him to not go back to that life because he's going to have to change and he's going to have to be uncomfortable and he's, and and he's going to have to try something new, which I find that people are so unwilling to do in my work. They're so unwilling to try something new i just like what- no matter what age they are they just they just don't i'll I'll give them these ideas of things that I want them to to do you know like like i'll get and I'll give you some examples you know like they they walk. And I ask them to walk in the opposite direction. walk in the opposite direction and don't always walk in the same direction. um use your other hand to brush your teeth and your hair uh you know put put your pants on with the opposite leg uh do things that are that are uncomfortable so that your brain is more balanced. That's one thing. Then there's another thing. I ask them to write every day before they get, when they get up and before they go to bed, right before they go to bed, to write things that they like about life. What are 10 things that you like about life? And I want to tell you, I heard that from Abraham Hicks years ago. I was going through something and I heard from Abraham Hicks to write down, she didn't say 10, but she just said, start writing things that you like about life. She called them positive aspects. So that's what I started doing. I carried this journal with me everywhere. I made sure that my journals were like small enough that I could put them in a pocket, pocket journals. And so I started doing this every day, religiously. And, and I, I would do this other thing that when I was in a bad moment, Like I remember being at my son's doctor's office because I just was in so much stress and so much worry. So I'm in the doctor's office and I pull out my pocket journal and I just start writing positive aspects. I had it and I had it ready for times when I was stressed out. And nobody knows what you're doing when you're just writing in a little journal. They don't know what you're doing and they don't care really. And what I started to notice was I started to notice that I f- was feeling better. And I know, I know that there was a combination of things I was doing, but I started to feel better. This exercise was incredibly effective for me in just writing things that I liked about my life. And then, and then so when I would present this to my clients and I would hand them a journal, they would a lot of times... Say to me, oh, well, you, um, I, I just can't think of things that I'm grateful for. And I, and I would just stop them right there. I said, I didn't say to write things you're grateful for. Because I have a thing about that, a gratitude journal. I have a thing about that. Because I have so many times in my life been told you should just be grateful I have been shamed. I've been told that I'm that I'm not grateful. And in in a negative way. And and so the word gratitude brings up a lot of emotion for me. And so so I'm not suggesting they write a gratitude journal. This is this is different. This is easy. Writing down things that you just like about life, you know, like pillows and stuffed animals and a And a robe and slippers and ceiling fans and shades, lamps, bedspreads, sheets. I mean, just writing down 10 things that you just like like hot chocolate, I like fireplaces, I love birds, I just absolutely love trees. I love the sky, I love the sun, I love the moon. I loved that eclipse the other day. I mean... And to me, it's a really simple exercise. It's not really like pulling teeth, is it? To have someone just sit before they go to bed and think of 10 things. So that they drift off to sleep. Thinking positive things about their life. At least I have these 10 things that I like about this life. And then waking up and doing it again. These are so simple. And yet people, they and then if, if it doesn't make some mass, I don't know what they are hoping for. And actually, I kind of do, but... In some cases, there is no drug. This person doesn't has never been taking drugs, and they still have this, this, this um, need to go from, from feeling the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst to the best of the best of the best of the best. And they're looking. I, you know, I understand this to a degree. They are looking for the pill that is going to make them feel better. I just want to take the pill. I want to take this easy thing. I want, I want just this little pill to make me feel better. Just give me the pill. What is the pill? Why are you telling me to do this stupid thing in the morning and at night, this stupid thing writing down these puzzles. This is so, and I have to be grateful. I feel like crap. Why are you asking me to do this? You want to go from like, that's the only thing that's going to make me feel better. Is, is this thing, what is this thing? What is this easy thing, easy, easy peasy thing that I can do? To go from feeling bad to feeling good. Just give it to me. And is there anything in life that is really like that? I mean like really like that. The easy way. The easy way to get from from feeling bad to feeling good. Is there an easy way? I mean, I just, can somebody please, like, like, I mean, God, you could bottle that, right? And make billions from a pharmaceutical industry. But, asking a person to write down 10 things and if it doesn't make them feel good in 10, like in the inkling to make them feel good, 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 not less, less bad. (laughs) Because this was another thing that I noticed in my own recovery. And I know about this because I had to go through recovery to get off of an antidepressant. I, I've been through this myself and I know what it feels like to want the pill. I wanted the antidepressant. Just give me that pill so that I will feel better. But did the pill really make me feel better? The pill really made me not feel I really didn't learn to self-soothe. I didn't learn to be better, to really be better. I learned a dependence on something else outside of myself to feel better. And that's, that's not true healing. So what I noticed in my own recovery so I could talk about this firsthand, was that it was the small inklings of feeling better that added up to a lot. So like I would notice one day, I would notice every day I would be checking in with myself multiple times. How am I feeling right now? How am I feeling right now? You know, and if today it was 72% instead of 70%, I milked it. I milked it. I milked that teeny little increment of feeling better. I just milked it. I go, oh my God, I feel 2% better today. I'll take it. I'll take any minuscule of feeling better in smaller steps and noticing smaller things. Rather than going from feeling horrible to feeling fantastic, I was, I, was, I was getting something from feeling just less horrible. It's like, oh, I don't feel horrible today. Wow. So this is what not feeling horrible feels like. so th- but this is what I notice with clients, and I've been working with people for a, for a long time <laughs> and and people don't don't it's this is hard this is why why I don't know there's a very small percentage of people who are in these people's shoes who actually recover and and there's people come back a lot, not necessarily to our place but People come back a lot because they can't, they can't, they can't stand that feeling, that feeling of angst, that feeling of anxiety, just that feeling. Like, I mean, I, I can conjure it up in myself. So I, I understand and I, and I don't want to say I understand to them because I understand that I really don't understand. I really don't. I haven't been through what they've been through. So I, I, I try to avoid these things, but I also just really want them to feel better. Okay, so the, the, the writing the positive aspects and, and, and then I cannot discount. Um, at the time of my own recovery, I was not meditating. I wasn't but i i did other things like i i changed my diet i um i did my 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 writing of my positive aspects every day I, I i was checking in with myself what am i thinking about what what are my thoughts um and and i but i started to meditate and to just take time to just sit and basically connect with with what i believe to be the source the source of everything that is so i i i would i would sit or i would walk or i would stand or i would dance or I, and i would connect with the source of everything that is. And in that connection, everything melts away. Nothing ma- matters much. When when you are, as Abraham Hicks would say, tuned in, tapped in, and turned on, that's what they say. On the, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about I heard one of her talks, as in Esther Hicks, she was talking about they wanted to make this sign in in their car on the influence, (laughs) and they thought that it wouldn't be good to do that because um, they would be pulled over by the police, but on the influence of what? What are you on the influence of? Are we Are we on the influence of connection to that, or are we on the influence of our angst and so so getting back when i'm i haven't I haven't brought up with to this this client of mine yet the positive aspects but but tomorrow I've been working on. Um, because in my move, I, I didn't bring a bunch of my stuff, but I have some of these at home and I, I plan to, maybe I will order them. I'm going to change the front cover and I'm going to order them. And I don't think they're that expensive. Actually, I think they're like, um, they're maybe like $3 a piece for me to buy them uh my own and and I can't remember but I don't think cuz we can't have staples there's all these things that we can't have like um really long string um anything you know you can understand uh, why uh but But it's basically, it's not necessarily writing. It's like, yeah, it's like the first thing is write down things you like about life. But then it's like, what is your dream life? What is the goal? You know, and and, and in this person's case, I believe that the goal is to stay off drugs and to not be homeless. And so, so... and and having that be the focus instead of the past that you can do nothing about the past that you can do nothing about and so and so trying you know there's nothing we can do about the past you know and and this person is very um has a whole lot of trauma and is really um, keeps going back to the past and 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 this injustice that has been done to him in multiple ways, and some of it some of it I think, needs to be worked through, but other of it, I, I, I really think that at some point we have to just accept the past as the past and move on. but instead, our brain you know, kind of like my person who was in domestic violence, our brain becomes all around that event, whatever that event was that caused the trauma and, and trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out with it. We just have to have it figured out. And the angst of it not being figured out or like, you know, and, and so I would have these like these women who were victims of, of domestic violence, and, and actually men and women, but I noticed this most with women, and, and she, she just, could, every single time, she, anything I said, she would just go back to him. Everything in her world was about him, everything. That thing he did, that thing he wouldn't let her do, he, you know everything went about him, and I, I was really trying to move her to focus on herself. But she would always go back to talking about him. And then I would try to say, you know, okay, well, what is your next step? What is your next step in your life without him? And then she'd start talking about him again. Well, I can't do that because blah, 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 blah. And, and so this, this man is doing the same thing. I can't do that because I got blah, 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 and I have to get this done, and this done, you know, blah, 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 and talking about this thing that he believes will make him feel better, and it makes him feel better for a minute, he gets his hit, he gets his hit from getting that one tiny little thing done, yesterday we did something, and he was massively satisfied, took his things to his room, yeah, bam, done, and then what? All's well with the world for, for, I don't know, how long does that last? How long does anything last when we get that hit to our head? And I'm not saying because I know, I know how life is. And so, and so I, I do believe in milking that feeling better for that moment that wasn't brought on by drugs or but how how do we live a life that is that is more how do i word this but more level where it's not just just these gaps these these huge gaps between feeling horrible to feeling okay, feeling horrible to feeling okay, horrible, okay, horrible, okay, horrible, okay, all day long. To maybe just feeling okay, just being a place of well-being. Isn't that, wouldn't that be just so much better? Well-being. Just in a place of well being, just all the time, of well being. (laughs) Just feeling, I'm good. So, how are you? I'm good. You know, I'm good for a while. And then sometimes, you know, I'm great. (laughs) I'm absolutely great. I'm so great. (laughs) I'm great. All is well with my world. I you know, if I died right at this moment, I lived a great life. I got I got nothing, I left everything on the field, it's all good. Isn't that isn't that just the life that we would all desire to have? And so I go back at it another day, but let me get back to just for a minute this idea of building a, a an idea of what exactly that we want for our life what is the goal what would feeling better look like what what you know let's us just, just make it a smaller term goal okay so what, what what would you like if you just had your dream what would you like your life to look like in a year you know um living on your own maybe having a little job um friends people around that love me you know um no drugs <laughs> you know i mean just and then building that and focusing on that and then okay and and my and my hope for him would be for him to just just kind of chillax and settle into this F feeling of well-being where he is because he won't be there that much longer. It's not going to be that long. But I mean, he along with everybody else, when am I getting out of here? When is my discharge date? Where's the discharge planner? I mean, this is like all day, every day. This dissatisfaction with where they are. That in many ways, where they are is better than where they came from. Because where they came from got them into a state that they were so dysregulated that a judge said they had to stay with us for a period of time to get more regulated. And so we take on this role as like this parent that they've never had, even though they have parents, of helping them to regulate in other ways instead of sneaking them in cigarettes and lighters. <laughs> just I thought it was just so funny that they're sneaking this person in Cigarettes and lighters that they're not allowed to have I mean like like I mean just that there there's a high percentage of people that I work with that smoke I mean, can you imagine that you go in this place and you can't smoke for however long you're there, you cannot smoke. So along with everything else, along with losing your quote unquote freedom, that wasn't that great in the beginning because you're living a life that was just horrible. You're some of them homeless, some of them, you know, having horrible delusions and thinking people are after them and they're not safe physically. I mean, it, it takes a lot to get somebody involuntarily held. Let me just say that. So their life wasn't that great to begin with. So now they're here. But can you imagine like somebody who's a smoker not being able to smoke on top of everything? You know, and then, and then like some people, some of the, the, the people who are actually working with these people, oh, well, it's just a couple days. No, it's not. No, it's not just a couple days that, that they're having to deal with nicotine withdrawal. It's not just a couple days. I don't know how long it takes, but and even after that, the cravings, some days probably better than others, but I mean just just that, the physical craving for a cigarette, that thing outside of ourselves. So sometimes it becomes many things outside of ourselves, our cigarettes our methamphetamine or, you know, the, the person who provides the methamphetamine, some guy, girl, whatever, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a whole slew of things that are, that are, that they're turning to, that they're having to not have. So, I mean, this is a big shift Um, And I'm not sure if this man is a smoker. I, I don't, I don't remember. I think he might be. So he's got that on top of everything else. Homeless, doing drugs, you know, dealing with mental health, which I mean, in some cases, it's really hard to tell which came first. Is the psychosis from drug use or did they have psychosis and then start doing drugs? like because there are some people who have psychosis who have never done drugs in their life. And so so like this is really complex. And so I think maybe in his case it's hard to tell about the psychosis where it's coming from. Because there's there's drug use and there's a whole lot of stuff going on there and nicotine withdrawal, which is no small thing. <laughs> So I'm fighting against a whole lot of stuff to try to have their life feel better. And I'm like laughing right now when I'm thinking about it. But I, they've got a whole lot of support and people who are trying, attempting to have them learn new skills in hopes for a better life. <laughs> But anyway, that's what I'm doing most days, all day long. It's like cognitive behavior therapy 101. I don't know if I do a classic, classic form of that. I think I do not. I don't do a classic form of anything. <laughs> actually got my own. I got my own tried and true. And also people who are very resistant to doing absolutely anything to improve their life which I don't understand. That is counterintuitive to me, that they that they would be resistant to anything. The people who do the best in these programs, what I have found, are people who just go with the flow. People who allow themselves to be taken in to the stream of the therapeutic process do the best and fare the best and have the best outcomes. They're not the people who are standing against it. And because this, this, is, this system and what I have seen is that the people, all the people there that I work with, are wanting the better for these people. And they actually know how to do that. And so if a person would just, as best as they can, trust, trust the process, which is, a, which is a phrase I just absolutely despise. <laughs> but if they would, just pro- trust the process and, 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 and go with it. And just kind of lay in the stream of of the flow of this thing, their life can improve. But I find that most people are very resistant to that. They're just, it's almost as if they don't want their life better. It's the it's the weirdest phenomena, I, and I've worked with people for a very long time, and um, it's almost as if they there is something in the misery that that you know, and that's a whole other thing that I won't even get into right now. <laughs> so, but I appreciate you listening, and I will be back with other ideas, and that's a wrap.